James Comment il vécu Comment il est mort Ça vous a plu, hein Vous en demandez encore J'ai connu Clyde autrefois C'était un gars loyal, honnête et droit Il faut croire que c'est la société Qui m'a définitivement abîmé Bonnie and Clyde Bonnie and Clyde Qu'est-ce qu'on n'a pas écrit Tant que nous tuons de sang-froid C'est pas drôle mais on est bien obligé De faire taire celui qui se met à gueuler Bonnie and Clyde Bonnie and Clyde Chaque fois qu'un policeman se fait buter Qu'un garage ou qu'une banque se fait braquer Pour la police, ça ne fait pas de mystère C'est signé Clyde Barrow Bunny Parker Bunny and Clyde Bunny and Clyde Maintenant, chaque fois qu'on essaie de se ranger de s'installer tranquille dans un meublé Dans les trois jours, voilà le tac-tac-tac Des mitraillettes qui reviennent à l'attaque Bonnie and Clyde Bonnie and Clyde Un de ces quatre, nous tomberons ensemble je m'en fous, c'est pour Bonnie que je tremble Quelle importance qu'il me fasse la peau Moi Bonnie, je tremble pour Clyde Barrow Bonnie and Clyde Bonnie and Clyde De toute façon, il ne pouvait plus s'en sortir la seule solution, c'était mourir. Mais plus d'un les a suivis en enfer. Quand son mort barreau est Bonnie Parker, Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Morning, uh, right?
Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, this is your host, Joanna Perpich, along with Megan Duffy. Uh, I'm here. How are you doing, Megan? Phone things are fixed. The heat's back on from yesterday. Things things are good. Wonderful. How um, about you? I've been better. Um, I'm having some kind of tricky health issues. Um, so if uh, I randomly stop talking during the show, please someone come like fetch my body out of the studio. Okay. Um, but besides that, <laughs> things are good. Um, I actually was distracting myself because, um, so when um I first put on the show as a solo host that one year ago um the, our intro song was Bonnie and Clyde um by Serge Gainsbourg and Brigitte Bordeaux and I forgot how pretty Brigitte Bordeaux was Bordeaux and so I was reading her Wikipedia page and mm. looking at these just She's very also, like uh, an animal animal activist yeah, apparently she said some really, like, fucked up racist shit recently. She's um, kind of lost the plot recently, but yes, she's a stunner. She's very old. Um, but uh, she just, I don't really get, like, swept up in, like, this, like, Hollywood glamour, but Brigitte Bordeaux is just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Agreed. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> How's how's your uh, week been? Uh, It was was a lot of here and there. And then the management company decided to turn off the heat and hot water yesterday. Well, just water generally Mm -hmm. uh, for emergency repairs. So it was a cold day at home. Couldn't go to, had to work from home because there's no teeth brushing or showering. Yeah. Um, our apartment um, they're remodeling the hallway to lead to the apartments from the front door okay and um, so basically we have like lead paint and it's like that like bubble plaster and so they uh, like plastered over it and are repainting the entryway which I thought was wonderful until I realized all the paint fumes are like seeping into my apartment Mm-hmm. And I've been sick the past couple of days, like at home, like in bed, and I've been getting these horrible headaches. And then open the window. Well, yeah, and then finally, well, because also like uh, I'm coming off of a cold, so my nose is a little bit stuffy. And so it wasn't mm-hmm. until like last night I was um, looking at um, very special friend of the show, Ashton Baker. I'm like, <laughs> I think it's the paint fumes. So we've opened all the windows in our apartment. We're walking around with like 30 coats on. But um, <laughs> so I feel you for the lack of heat and and all that. Um, but uh, do you hear like a weird like static? Nope. Hmm. I wonder if any of our listeners so do. Well, okay then. <laughs> I guess it's just on my end. Um, quite bad actually. Anyway, um, I'll power through. 
so I guess uh, first to so so if I'm like a little like scattered and distracted today, it's because of the illness and bubbly sounds. Paint poisoning. What? The paint poisoning. Uh, yeah. That's so weird. It just stopped. Yeah, it's like the um, <laughs> blood poisoning. <clears throat> okay, so anyway, um, we have some uh, on-air announcements. Uh, mm-hmm. Radio Free Brooklyn's Drive to Five fundraiser campaign is underway. In May, Radio Free Brooklyn turns five, and we need to raise $25,000 so that we can continue bringing you commercial-free independent radio for another five years. And uh, because we think that raising money should be fun, uh, each month we'll be bringing listeners fun challenges, awesome prizes. And uh, this month's challenge, which uh, I I think might actually have been January, but I'm just following the script this, this morning is a fun quiz that you can take online to um, see just how well you know Bushwick. And um, we've been giving away one of the answers. You'll know it when you see it. The answer is Bike Shop. The top five scorers will win a limited edition five-year anniversary t-shirt. And uh, please uh, enter Crime Talk BK as your favorite show when taking the quiz. And, oh, we might get a prize as well. So this is, um, I was going to say, this is one of the disadvantages of us ad-libbing these announcements. So for the um, listeners, um, our um, very uh, wonderful radio god, uh, Tom Tenney, puts together each month um, like a flyer that he laminates. And it has like a bunch of different announcements on it. And I don't know, I'm like the type, I like read like the first sentence. I'm like, I got this. And then I just like make up. The rest of the ad. Um, I do too. Turns out. <laughs> Should change. <laughs> there was something very important in that last line that I just had read for the first time today. But you can take the quiz, make a donation, find out more at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash drive to five. That's radiofreebrooklyn.org slash drive to five. And also, folks. We are completely, we're a nonprofit. Um, we volunteer our time. No one's making a cent off of this. In fact, some people are probably in debt. Um, I'm in debt. I'm totally in debt. You're in debt by running the show. <laughs> I love it. And um, it's so. the transportation to and from. Oh, yeah, shoot. You're right. Yep. Yeah. Megan's in debt. I'm somewhat in debt, maybe a little bit less. Well, I guess I pay them monthly. But anyway, um, we rely on your donations. And uh, so every dollar helps us stay on air. Uh, please support us. You can sign up for a monthly pledge if you're feeling ambitious. We'll also take one-time donation. Um, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Again, that is RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Do it. I wonder if anyone's actually <clears throat> donated based off of announcements from our show. Uh, I've heard people say they do, and then Tom Tenney's like, no, they didn't. Wait, so, really? Yeah. <laughs> Look, I keep pushing it to my people. I'm like, just buy bucks. Give five bucks. Buy a t-shirt. Buy a sweatshirt. Buy a- the hoodies are great. Yeah? Maybe yeah. I'll get one. 
We need to mm-hmm. set up one of those Facebook things, you know, where they'll give to like your local charity for your birthday. Mm-hmm. We should plug in Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, let's get on that. Um. Anyway, what are you? Oh, whew, that was just a normal yawn. <laughs> um, <coughs> what are you covering for us today? Um, I don't know if you picked this up. I have plenty more if you did, but there's that uh, that incident with the ICE officer this week. Did you see that? Yes, I did. Um, you can take that one if you'd like. Um, I have one scene updates. I've got the transit cop who robbed a drug dealer. Oh, no. Uh, we have so I've many in common. A, I've got a burglar in Brighton Beach. Okay. And I've got a guy sentenced to 40 years for playing his ex-girlfriend. And I got a hometown. Oh. So the ones that I, uh, clearly we planned this show, this show so well beforehand. Um, we, usually, we usually share our stories, but we did not this morning. That's okay. That's okay. Um, so I have, um, let me see, off-duty cop. Um, set up a fake drug deal, which I think is the one that you had mentioned as well. Um, I have a conspiracy theory involving QAnon and um, a crime boss from the Gambino family. Oh, <laughs> fine. Oh, it's a wild. It, it's like it's like uncommon for me to be reading a crime story where my eyebrows are actually going into my hair. This one totally was. Um, and then, of course, the ice shooting. I got a response from de Blasio. I just texted him this morning asking him his thoughts. Oh, well, then why don't, why don't you cover that? Um, and then the NYPD is being mean to MTA people. So. Per usual. Per usual. Um, Except but, not, not, not middle-aged white people. Oh, no, of course not. Why would they do that? God forbid they're consistent I, with their policies. I mean, I believe they call that profiling, but, you know, I could be wrong. Uh, but why don't you kick us off? All right. I'll start with the guy that got four years. Go start for it. with that guy. Okay. So, um, Kayon Richmond um, and Alastasia Bryan dated between 2014 and 2015 according to testimony in his trial last year, uh, he leased, or she leased uh, B&W for him while they were still an item. Also footnote, she's a Rikers correctional officer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they broke up. He fell behind on his payment and uh, she ended up getting the NYPD involved um, and he was pissed that the police took the car. Blah. So, uh, he, uh, Richmond planted a GPS device on her car and tracked her for three days before ambushing her and fatally shooting her on December 4th of 2016 outside of her home in Bergen Beach. Um, Last October, he was convicted of second-degree murder and two counts of criminal possession of a weapon. He was sentenced uh, this year 
for this week to 40 years to life, Richmond wouldn't come out of his cell for the sentencing hearing. Oh, my God. Because he's a pussy, clearly. But instead of ordering the court to secure him and drag him out by force, um, the Brooklyn Supreme Court Justice Danny Chun issued the sentence to an empty chair. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's what I would do, too. I'd be like, I am not here for this shit. Just... Don't care, motherfucker. Sorry. Don't care. We don't need you for this part. Mm-hmm. It's your right to be here, but we don't need you. Yep. Hey on Richmond. Piece of fucking shit. Um... Sorry, I don't have any comments. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't need to comment. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, it sort of goes back to our whole domestic violence issue that we were talking about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounded like he had a pretty good ride and, and was uh, kind of a worthless piece of shit. Wasn't, wasn't contributing to the relationship at all. And she let him. So she did him a huge solid and rented him a BMW. I, so, um, when I was in college at one point, I was training to work at a domestic violence shelter. Um, Mm -hmm. and I didn't even get to the training. I was just like, it was like too depressing. Like I couldn't do it. Um, but I was just like spent an entire summer really just thinking about domestic violence. And at the time I, I wanted to be a, I wanted to work for like the prosecutor's office and do like family court as like a lawyer. And uh, I always just, I wonder like what it's like. There are counseling sessions for men who have been convicted of domestic violence. And there are oftentimes, um, like domestic violence shelters, not at the shelter, of course, but they'll do like these outreach programs for these Mm -hmm. men and they'll do like these group sessions. And I always wonder what it's like to be the therapist in that room trying to convince these men that they should respect women. I, part of me is, Part of me does believe in rehabilitation, but another part of me, because we continually see this kind of behavior, believes that a lot of them can't be. And then, and then it's too late. Like, he's 40 years for in prison. Like, what? Mm-hmm. He's 37. He's going to be, if he does the full time, he'll be 77 years old. And then what? Um. I, I yeah. <coughs> I wonder um, if uh, some of it isn't so, so you know um, there's certain um, like personality disorders that are just very difficult to treat like um, mm-hmm. I can't think of the name now <laughs> that's um, Nar- disappointing narcissistic personality disorder no narcissistic well that would be one disorder? of um borderline personality disorder have you heard of that one so it's something that um i think women mostly get but it's basically like 
your brain just kind of convinces you that you are like unlovable. And so you kind of swing between being very like aggressive towards people who that you care about, like your friends and family, and then being very insecure. Yeah. And I have a really hard time regulating like a what you and I deem like a regular emotional swing mm-hmm. or uh, an emotional reaction, they have a really hard time regulating that. Yeah. And yeah. so I sometimes wonder if there's something like that that is specific towards like this like horrible stew of like toxic masculinity. Because it does seem you do hear these like offenders like over and over. These guys have like a rap sheet like a mile long. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Well, anyway, that's anyway armchair I psychology. The, I know, right? I want to give the domestic violence hotline since that's our new. Yeah, go for it. So it's uh, the NYC's twenty-four hour domestic hotline is one eight hundred six two one H O P E. Call if you are feeling forced to do things that you don't want to do. If you're feeling. Um, insult like constantly insulted and belittled or stalked or threatened or if you are suffering actual physical abuse at the hands of your domestic partner again the number is 1-800-621-HOPE yeah and also it's like not your fault and it's not your fault okay (laughs) starting on a high note i know um well, do you want me to get into this, like, uh, weirdo crime boss story, or should I save it to the end? No, get into the weirdo crime boss story. All right. Just because I, I need to, um, <coughs> I'm, like, struggling a little bit this morning, so I'm mm. trying to, like, get the good stuff out there now. Okay. All right. All right. <coughs> so, we actually covered it <coughs> when this first happened. Frank Cowley, a.k.a. Frankie Boy, um, was a crime boss for the Gambino uh, crime family related to the Sicilian mob. Um, He was shot to death 10 times in front of his Staten Island home last March. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember. Oh, yeah. It got wild. All right. uh, So basically, um, at the time that we covered it, there was a 24-year-old suspect, Anthony Camello. Um, He was arrested a few days after the murder um, in New Jersey. And originally the police thought that maybe there was some sort of like romantic issue. And I think even um, Anthony told the police that he had like shot Frank Cowley because Frank wouldn't let his daughter date. Yeah, yeah, it was like weird. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and we're seeing here, we're like, well, this will be on ID. Cool. You know, like, whatever. There's, like, a little romance thing. Two dads getting mad. Sure. Um, and then there's, like, this, like, weird, like, mob connection. So maybe that's added in. No, it gets so much weirder. All right. Um, Ooh, give it to me. Yay. Yes. Yes. So yes. shortly after the murder, Anthony Camillo starts acting a little bizarre. He's, like, texting people that his family is marked, you know, like, marked for death by the by the uh, Frankie Boy's Gambino friends, you know, which okay, is so probably the, true. The dead guy's family is marked? The dead guy's family? No, family? the guy who killed him. 
the murderer. Oh, oh, Anthony's family. Yeah. Yeah, so okay. Anthony is like, oh, the Gambino family is going to come after everyone I love now because I, like, killed their crime boss. Which, well, I mean, possible. That's uh, a legit concern. Maybe yeah. you shouldn't kill the crime boss. Yeah, but also, like, this, like, he's sending, like, these, like, weird cloak and daggers, like, spy movie text messages. Mm, so. Okay. He's, like, arrested. He's talking to the police, um, and his, like, trial starts. And um, so Anthony's defense attorney, um, their entire argument is, is that Anthony has become obsessed with QAnon. So for those of us who don't know what QAnon is, they're the ones who think that Hillary Clinton runs a sex like a child prostitution ring oh my God. in the basement of a pizza parlor in D.C. A pizza shop. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Turns out it was Jeffrey Epstein. Let's go on. Uh, okay. Oh, ow, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So um, he is, like, becoming, like, over, like, the past few months before this murder took place, Anthony is, like, Seen in his room with his little, like, pieces of string and photos and, like, pins in the wall, like, he Does says... Does tinfoil hat on? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> apparently, Frank Kelly was a member of the, quote, deep state. Oh, oh I can't. And Anthony um, is convinced that he, quote, was enjoying the protection of President Trump himself. To go to Frank Kelly's house and place him under a citizen's arrest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, yeah. Okay. Okay. And so that's why he was at this house and I guess shot him because QAnon told him to. Yeah. <laughs> and um. This is totally setting up an insanity defense, even though none of it's fucking true. Like, come on. Oh, I think he might actually believe it. You think so? Yeah. I really do. Um, mm. This, like, is, like, so in line with what these conspiracy sites are saying. You know, like, you get on these Reddit pages, uh, the QAnon Twitter. It is... It's bizarre, but I mean, literally, yeah, someone went and tried to shoot up a pizza shop because of QAnon. I know that, but do you actually think this guy believes it, or is he, is he just setting up a defense because he still wanted to date this guy's daughter? No, I think him? that that was like a fake story. I think this is the real. You think it's the real thing? Yeah, like this guy just went off the deep end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Plot, plot, completely lost. Yeah, no, like honestly, yeah, I do think that. Um. So, let me see. He's also been, like, lightly stalking de Blasio. And he's been, like, spamming the mayor with messages about his, like, conspiracies and about how he's like, just call Trump. He'll get me out of prison. He'll get me out of jail. Just have him come down. To, like, <laughs> like, I'm yeah, not quite sure there. if he said that. I'm kind of spitballing a little bit. But it, it, the article kind of made it sound a little bit like... Well, I'm pretty sure DeBazio is not the first person he's not going to call is Donald Trump. You know, apparently this is something that, like, regularly happens to DeBlasio. There's, mm-hmm. like, this other guy who lives out in Long Island who has a regular, very one-sided correspondence 
with de Blasio over like various like New York based conspiracies? I'm sure you are the mayor of New York City. You need to know the conspiracies that I, are haunting our city. I guess it's like really easy to point out who the crazies are when you do it that way. Um, <laughs> poor, poor so, I mean, the man can't even go to the gym without having a problem. <clears throat> so anyway, this guy, um, Anthony, he's been showing up to court with QAnon um, like symbols drawn like on his hand that he flashes during the, while he's on the stand. Oh dear! And um, the the judge. Um, asked him or ordered him to be interviewed by a psychiatrist mm-hmm. because, yeah, and he Maybe. refused to because he thinks he's fine. Uh, and so he's not even that, doing an insanity defense. He's like, no, you don't understand. Yeah, that's the biggest red flag. <laughs> I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. and so, and so, like, that's, I think, why I, why I, I'm inclined to believe that he thinks this stuff is because he's not doing himself any favors. You know, like it seems like he's like basically orchestrating this entire entire trial as like a whistleblower. He's not even trying to defend himself from the murder. Right. You know. And the insanity defense is like hard. Like most people don't get it. Even people. It's rarely proven. I think the the latest one we saw was the uh, Hanukkah stabber. Mm, I'm not familiar. Um, they didn't. Uh, there was that guy that went into the apartment in New Jersey over Hanukkah and stabbed a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. He. It's not that he. He was found incompetent to stand trial uh, temporarily. Yeah, that was it. They're, they keep what they do is they keep reassessing. Mm-hmm. Medication will yeah. help him understand what they did. But that's the latest. It's not like they put him on trial uh, indefinitely. Like, you know, they go into a hospital indefinitely. Yeah. They go into wherever that is, Bellevue. So, um, this doesn't sound, I don't know if he's going to get Bellevue, though. No, I don't think he w- will. Because I mean, he's like in a he cult. He still knew that he. Mur- he still knows that he murdered. Yeah. Somebody. But he doesn't seem to be in touch with reality. Do we know if he has a history of mental breaks? I don't know, to be honest. Okay. Um. No, I don't know. Um. Okay. But I have a quote from him. Um, and he said. So apparently he's on the stand and he says, I just want to say there is a lot on my phone and a lot of data about drug smuggling, human sex trafficking all over the country. I have everything from Australia to Ukraine to Italy to Russia. He's also been referring to this conspiracy as Project Mockingbird. So. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, I mean, I don't doubt that there's human trafficking all over the world. <laughs> I don't think he's probably tapped into it per se. No, I mean, this is like he thinks Hillary Clinton is doing this. Yeah, no. Like, mm. way to pick something Maybe. that is like actually happening, and then 
just going off the deep end. I don't know. Maybe he wrote on the Lolita Express with Clinton. We're never, we'll never know. There's no way to know. Anyway, um, <laughs> that is... <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, it was like I was, like, browsing the New York Post because New York Daily News has a paywall that I'm too cheap to to pay for. Oh, no, I know. My computer has completely blocked me out of both of them because I've learned too many articles. You, you, you can, like, juggle back and forth. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to be on the New York Post until they kick me off and back to Daily News. Um, but the New York Post has to definitely, like, taps into some of these, like, more sordid stories it is a little more right-wing conspiracy which you know sometimes i'm into i like to read about it yeah i mean i'm gonna buy into it so that's my uh that's my big big boy for the day (laughs) um all right well let's both talk about then the uh ice Yes, that happened. Why don't you do it first, then I'll finish up with De Blasio's statement. Okay, so well, I'm going to first start talking about like ICE was created in 2003. I know we've talked about this before, but people need to understand that it was created after 2001 to uh, through a merger of the investigative and interior enforcement elements of the former U.S. Customs Service and Immigration and Naturalization Service. It has 20,000 law enforcement officers and support personnel in more than 400 offices in the United States. Um, which, And we'll get to comments and other ideas about what they actually are. They have a budget of approximately $6 billion, primarily devoted to three operational directorates. Homeland Security Investigations, Enforcement and Removal Operations, and Office of Principal Legal Advisor. Now, uh, 8.15 a.m. in the morning, ICE Enforcement goes to a house in Gravesend, which is out here by me. Out near Coney, Florida. Yeah, Um, it's a few miles away. They were attempting to serve a deportation order to Gaspar Avendano Hernandez. Uh, They knocked on the, they knocked on, well, they pounded on the door. I don't Um, think ICE is like the polite tap tap. No, they're not. No, I think they had a battering ram and all guns drawn. Um. The reason they were there is that uh, Abandano Hernandez had been pulled over by the NYPD for driving with a forged Connecticut license plate earlier in the week. Um, and ICE began reportedly, uh, reportedly began steps to deport him once they learned of the incident. How they learned of the incident, I don't know, because the NYPD has been reportedly not been cooperative with ICE because we are considered a sanctuary city, which is another interesting thing. So they bust into this house and uh, 
blah, 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 blah. Okay, so during this, they bust into the house. Uh, there's a scuffle between Avendano Hernandez and his girlfriend's son. And one of the ICE's, they, well, ICE says that one of the officer's weapons went off and it accidentally shot the son in the hand and then ricocheted to his face. Guns but, do that, right? Yeah, because guns do that. It accident because ICE was saying like he reached for my weapon. <laughs> I'm like, no, probably not. We know how this shit goes. In the meantime, Avendano Hernandez was being tased. Yeah. Uh, the um, the the son's brother Kevin Kevin Cruz did tell news agencies that. The ICE agents didn't identify themselves or show an arrest warrant, which is why uh, they were fighting, uh, which is why they reacted the way they did. Um, The shooting injuries are not life threatening. Um, But and everybody went to the hospital under ICE custody. Uh, In response to that. A band of protesters holding ICE as Gestapo signs and no ICE signs crowded outside the Brooklyn Hospital Thursday night, worried that the immigration agents would try to spirit these men away uh, or, you know, like under the cover of darkness. Mm -hmm. There were 60 people outside uh, Maimonides Hospital in Borough Park. making sure that these men were somewhat protected. Later, a Mexican diplomat comes out and says the son is uh, and the, the father are legally here on a visa. That's so fucked up. I mean, there's like so many, <laughs> everything is fucked up. And even if they were here without a visa, that's still fucked up. It's really so fucked up. ICE, of course, says that uh, Avendano Hernandez is a twice-removed le- illegal alien from Mexico with a tw- 2011 assault conviction in New York City. It's like they've been chomping at the bit to get to the... Like, so if the NYPD does not cooperate with ICE, then how the fuck did they find out that he got pulled over with an illegal Connecticut license? Mm-hmm. Um, the mayor has said in a New York Daily News article that they created a very dangerous situation, and um, he calls them an illegitimate force. So, what do you got on the mayor? Oh, yeah. So he went on to so De Blasio goes on to Brian Lair once a week, mm-hmm. and uh, they talked about it. And uh, the Daily or the New York Post. Uh, wrote out de Blasio's like whole statement on it, which is quite long. Uh, But the part that stood out to me the most, um, he said, there's no coherent safety strategy for what ICE is doing. What ICE is doing is destroying trust, undermining public safety, and they always do it playing to the cheap seats. They do it for theater and for drama and not for safety. 
And he was very, like, damning of them. He kind of describes ICE as, like, kind of like this private police force sanctioned by Trump. Like, it is. It's the brown shirts from the, it's the brown shirts from World War II. It's the Gestapo. It totally is. Yeah, like, so here's, like, another quote. This is about ICE acting as a wing of the Donald Trump campaign committee. This is about demonizing immigrants and people of color. That's what we're, what's really going on here. We, well, yes, it is. So, it totally is. And we could also tie in the fact that the Trump administration has now decided that New Yorkers can no longer use the Trusted Traveler program. What is that? Global I didn't entry. quite understand. Okay, so... I have a global entry, right? So every time I travel to Europe, when I come back from Europe, I get to go through a short line because I've gone through an interview process, a background check. They have my fingerprints. I pay, I'd pay a hundred bucks for it, whatever. You, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's almost the same thing that you do for your passport, but it's a, it's a, you have to go to the TSA office and meet with the person individually, and they actually interview you. Mm-hmm. Because we're a sanctuary city, the Trump administration has now decided that we no longer, as New Yorkers, get to use the Trusted Traveler program in and out of the country. Huh. Yeah. It's, it's a vindictive fucking move. And Letitia James and Cuomo announced they were going to sue the federal government over it yesterday. That is sounds a lot like trying to limit people's movement. Limit people's movement. They and it's the the federal government says it's based on the fact that New York City is going to allow illegal immigrants to get driver's licenses. I think getting illegal immigrants driver's licenses is a great program. They're already taxpayers. Why shouldn't they have driver's licenses? Yeah, it keeps people safer. <laughs> right. Now, I know there are a lot of there are a lot of other places in this country that are not actually dealing. They don't deal with the high immigration uh, uh, issues that New York does. Mm-hmm. I totally understand that, but that is why our governor and our mayor are are addressing these things. With ICE and, you know, like, come on, we've got thousands of people here that live, they live a legal, productive life. They pay local and city taxes. They don't get to vote. And they're totally fine with it. They just give them a driver's license. So when they, so this guy doesn't have to get pulled over with an illegal Connecticut one. Mm hmm. Yeah. Ugh. This is a rage against the machine minute for me. No, I feel that. It's frustrating. Everything that happened this week and the bullshit. I mean, look, he wasn't removed from office, but it was it was not a vindication. So let's get that clear. We are on the precipice of falling and, and, and I know that people, some people are going to think this is alarmist, but we are on the precipice of falling into an authoritarian regime. And where are the people that are going to fucking help us? Did you see that Trump posted a photo to his Twitter that is like 
Trump 2057 or something like that. I did. It was it wasn't obviously that date, which is an odd number, but well, but with his diet, he's not going to live that long. However, but like the idea <laughs> that it's like four more years, okay. But then after that, you know, no, it can't. It can't be four more years. It can't be. And if it is four more years, then at least take the fucking Senate back, please. Jesus Christ! And I'm then losing, I'm like, <clears throat> I'm crying. I'm losing. I'm crying. I'm cried this week because of how desperate we are in the middle of a constitution. Our, our democracy is fucking crumbling and people don't understand or don't care. And it really makes me sad. It just, and then also like the Iowa caucus. You had one job, Iowa. You had one fucking job. It's not even, it's, you had one job, DNC. It's their fault. Jesus Christ. Like, I mean, I personally would rather vote for Elizabeth Warren than Bernie Sanders, but I don't think that Bernie Sanders is going to ruin the party. And I especially don't condone, like, party heads just deciding that they don't like a candidate and doing these, like, weird... They did that to Bernie in 2016. Yeah. That's why fucking Trump got elected, because they emails from Hillary were fucking exposed by Trump and his bullshit organization and the Russians, Cozy Bear, whatever the dancing bear, and it found out that the DNC decided that it was Hillary's time and fuck Bernie. This is exactly what happened in 2016. The Democrats are eating themselves from the inside out. They never learned a thing. I just don't know. The DNC is not operating in the interest of voters. No. And well, neither is the GOP. So, like, there we go. Well, they're at least acting in the interest of party members, like people who the Republican Party voted for Donald Trump, right? Like, except for Mitt Romney. Well. But what I mean is that, like, <clears throat> the people in red states, oh, God, it's so complicated because you also have voter suppression. But, like, the Republican Party isn't, like, picking some random dude to, like, run. It's like, they pick their guy. Maybe we hate their guy, but that's their guy. The The, the Democratic Party is, like, a mess. It's like... They would rather lose than support Bernie Sanders. They they don't understand. No, like like they don't understand. They're they're operating on 1970s DNC policies. We are in a new age. And then is his like? It makes me wonder what they're afraid of. You know. I don't know. Uh, my mom texted me. My mom's in Hawaii right now. Mm-hmm. She's like my squad. So she has a, her and her retirement squad live in a little village in Minnesota. Very cute. She's in Hawaii. She's like, my squad tells me that the debates are, are crazy right now. And I'm like, I don't watch the debates anymore. Just pick one. Yeah. And get on with it, please. And I feel bad that I Elizabeth think- Warren is 
just seems trying to fall behind. I still think that she's acting. I don't know. I I would support Bernie Sanders over a lot of the other I, candidates. I would like to see a Sanders Warren ticket. That would be cool. Um, that would really sweep in a lot Buttigieg. of people. I know. I'm not mad at Pete Buttigieg, but he's not gonna he's not gonna win over Donald Trump. I will tell you that. Yeah, I like him, but I like him a lot. But run for Senate, run for Congress, run yeah. for something. You don't go from mayor to president. Like, I get why you're doing it, but you're you're kind of fucking it up for the rest of the people that could actually win it. You're not going to win it. You're not going to get the black vote. He's a little He's too... Smog? Moderate for, <clears throat> I think, what a lot of people want. Well, here's the thing. A lot of Obama voters voted for Donald Trump. So I think that's what we're trying to get at here. And I think moderation would be helpful, which is why I think Elizabeth Warren is losing on that because she's just another Bernie. And Bernie supporters would never vote for Elizabeth Warren. They spite voted for Donald Trump because Bernie got screwed in 2016. Pete Buttigieg will not win over Donald Trump. He won't. So the desperate thing then is we have to take the Senate back. And that means we have to get rid of fucking Mitch McConnell. And yeah. Devin Nunes. Oh, no, Devin Nunes is in the house. But Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham and uh, Susan Collins and all these other people that voted for no documents or evidence are all up for re-election this year. Yeah. Hmm. And I think that's what Bloomberg is actually trying to do here. Do you, I don't think he's actually running for president. I think he's running these ad campaigns to show people shit's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, you know, actually, I was reading about how Bloomberg has said that he doesn't expect to win, but what he's trying to do is he's trying to build up an infrastructure so that when whoever gets chosen is chosen, he can just hand it over to them. Mm-hmm. Like all these resources. Mm-hmm. Now let's hope he sticks will, to that plan. New Yorkers, too, we should tell everybody that uh, if anybody is going to get under Donald Trump's skin, it's former Mayor Mike Bloomberg. Yeah. And I think that's why he stepped up his ads. Oh, I'm worried. I think Trump's going to get reelected. He's going to get reelected. I don't know. Unless people start pushing their apathy aside and go out and fucking vote. Yeah, it. I don't. Well, I was thinking about like the black vote and about how <laughs> they're not excited for any of the candidates. And um, well, I I get that, but like you, like go out and vote for whoever the Democratic candidate is. Go out and vote. But I'm wondering if perhaps they think that their life is going to be the same under Trump as it would be under if they've become so disillusioned with what the Democratic Party could offer them that they really don't see a difference, like in their immediate life. I don't know. Nice love. Uh. Sorry, that was my cat. Uh, 
I don't know. I don't know what people are thinking. I'm not tapped into the American electorate. I'm just really mad at the apathy. Yeah. Have you thought of canvassing or anything like that? mm, No, I'm not going to canvass. But I scream at everybody I know. (laughs) (laughs) Just like I just screamed at you. Sorry. No, Um, um, screamed with. I also... I also say to everybody that I know, if you don't go out and vote, you don't get bitching right. Yeah. You don't. I've, I have, you know, like I come from Minnesota and I have a lot of Republican friends back there who do not agree with what's going on right now. And a couple nights ago, I was having a conversation with a few of them and they were like, what do you, did you watch the debate or the, did you watch the state of the union? I'm like, no, I did not watch the state of the union. I think this is the first time in 20 years that I haven't mm-hmm. because I can't stand listening to him. He's, he's just lying. And then of course he gave us a fucking presidential medal of freedom to one of the most racist voices in America because what he's dying of cancer. Rush Limbaugh. That was kind of weird. It's like, And I, like, grew up, like, listening to Rush Limbaugh, so for better or worse, it's like, I don't have as strongly negative associations with him as I think most people do, and I still am just like, why? You're not supposed to do that kind of shit at the fucking State of the Union. You save that for later. He turned it into an Oprah event. Like, you get a Medal of Freedom, and you get a Medal of Freedom, and oh, look, your husband's back from war. Look look at that. Look at how great I am. And you get to go whatever school you... It was just like, you gotta be kidding. People are buying this shit? And his supporters in the Senate and everywhere else are screaming four more years, and I'm like, no, we're gonna die. We're all gonna die. Yeah. <sighs> Gilead, here we come. Okay. I'm off my horse now. We actually are <laughs> like, wrapping up the show. We're done now. I, I think we needed like that moment. I'm glad you're here so I can say that to you because... And I know some of our listeners may not agree with it, and that's fine, but I'm really, above all things... Everybody needs to be afraid for our democracy. I don't care if you're Republican. I don't care if you're Democrat. What he's done is he's completely shredded the Constitution of the United States. And that is what everybody needs to be afraid of. Yeah, there's other Republicans who can do good things, at least I think. You know, I mean, like... That would follow the rule of law. Yeah. This is about Trump, not about being Republican not a, or being conservative. Well, look, we all we both know that both sides of the aisle are completely into a power grab, and that's fine. I really am ashamed at the GOP for there's only one man to stand up against him. Really? Everybody's so afraid <clears throat> of losing their job and being put out to dry on fucking Twitter. What is Twitter going to do for you? Like, what is he really going to do? He kicked out Vindman from the White House this week. Okay. Write a book. Go on tour. You'll make more money. Yeah. 
Oh, it's well, about the power. It's not about anything else. Yeah. And that's a shame. Well, with that, um, we've got to wrap up our show. Um, thank you for joining us on Crime Talk BK. We're here um, every every Saturday from 11 a.m. to noon. See you next week. Later, Dave. Bop, bop, bop.